today, um, I want to I wanna talk about an important topic, I think. It's in the Bible, so it's important. Um, not because I have anything to say about it, but because if it's in the Word, you need to know about it. We all need to know about it. Um, you know, and, and sadly, I think sometimes we're in a, you know, it, it was prophesied, I forget if it was Hosea, that there would be a famine of the hearing of the Word of God, you know. And unfortunately, our culture is, you know, very inward focused right now and very selfish and very me oriented. And if it doesn't suit me, I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to buy into it. I don't have to agree with it because it didn't feel good, then I, don't, I, I can reject it. But th- that's not your Bible. Um, that's not the family you joined when you said yes to Jesus. And so um, nothing I have to say today is probably going to be hard for you to hear, but I just thought I'd throw that out there, that we are in a place as the people of God where we've got to be hearers of God's word. We've got to crave it and love it and want it and desire it. I don't crave it enough. I don't desire it enough. I don't read it enough. I don't study it enough. And, you know, we're all at different places. And, and whatever that means for you, then, then it means whatever it can for you. But um, if we are going to be a people who bring the kingdom, the kingdom is built on the word of God. Not your feelings, not the emotional experience you maybe had this morning. It is built on the word. That is the thing that God said it's not going to pass away. So it's the word of God. And today I want to I want to bring out just a, a, a topic and I, a thought about the word. I want to talk about the difference between power and authority. Now. I was this kind of sparked my interest a year or two maybe ago when I had heard a um, John Paul Jackson share dream that the Lord had given him. And I'll just share that with us. And so, um, so in this dream, John was, he was in a church service. He was watching as people came in. And as people were coming in, um, it looked like they had backpacks on. And so he thought, okay, I don't know what that is. And well, as the people came in, um, he realized that they weren't backpacks. He, he, he saw that they were actually demonic entities on the backs of Christians coming into church. And as he was observing this church service and observing all that was going on, um, he realized that... Um, that there's these Christians that would come up for the get prayer and get ministry. And, and they were literally receiving healing, but the demons weren't bothered at all. Didn't, didn't shake them in the least bit. They were very comfortable in the church service. They were very comfortable as these Christians came up for prayer. This is what the Lord was showing him. He, was, he saw this in a dream. And then an angel spoke to him. He, he felt like it was an angel. He said, you know, this godly presence in my dream spoke to me. 
And, and John said, that it said, do you know how this can happen? And John said, no, I don't understand. And the angel said, it's because people have confused power with authority. It is because the church has been crying out for power and they don't understand that they actually need authority. And that as authority increases in the church, then the demons will not be able to stand against the people of God. And I thought, wow, that's that sure feels like there's some truth in there. <laughs> you know, when I hear something like that, I can I can feel the weight of truth in there. So what I want to do is I just I want to go to our Bible. I want to look at what the Bible has to say about the difference between power and authority. And I want to start in Luke chapter 4. Starting in verse 31. And he, Jesus, is who the he is, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee. And he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. Everybody say authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. So, in this passage, verse 32, we see the word authority. Verse 36, we see it again, that the people were astonished at both the authority and the power of Jesus. So, when I see that and I see Jesus has something, I want it. I want it. You know, like, he's just got all the cool toys. And I just want to play with all the cool toys, you know. I take my little guy with the leg broken off and missing his gun, toss it back in the toy box because I want to play with the cool stuff. Amen? Do you want to play with the cool stuff? Now, I, I know power and authority is not a toy. We're not playing around with God. But I want what Jesus has. So what is power? What is authority? So that word power in this verse is this Greek word dunamis. You ever heard of that? Some of you have. Dunamis is where we get the word dynamite from. Explosion. All right. Dunamis. If you want to write something down as a definition for power, dunamis is the explosive power of God. Dunamis is the explosive power of God. To change 
physical reality. Dunamis is the explosive power of God to change physical reality. Now you're going to say it with me. Say dunamis is the explosive power of God to change physical reality. Now, it's no wonder that we're chasing after the power of God. Amen? Who would not want to change physical reality? Power is important when it comes to us advancing the kingdom of heaven. We have to have this. And when we read our Bibles and see the word power, many times it is connected to things like healing and miracles. In fact, when we think about the story of the woman who had the issue of blood, and then went to the doctors, lost, just spent all her money, you know, no one's helping her, can't get this problem fixed, and she, she, she catches on that here's this guy, Jesus, and he's got something, and I want it. And she gets to him. There's a crowd of people just pressing all around him. It's like Michael Jackson walked out, and everybody just mobbed him. But even better, it's Jesus Jackson. You get the picture, right? People are pressing all around. And here comes this woman who's got a need. She's got an issue. Nothing's fixing it. And she goes, if I can just touch just his clothing, I can get something. And guess what? She touches his clothing, and she gets something. Now, Jesus got all these people pushing on him and tugging. And, but when she touches him, he goes, whoa, wait a second. What happened? That's in Mark 5, verse 30. So when that woman touches him, guess what comes out of him? Dunamis. Dunamis comes out, and it says that Jesus, you know, perceived that power had went out from him. Dunamis, something explosive happened in this woman's life. Dunamis is what came out of Jesus. It's the explosive power to change physical reality. That's what came out of Christ, and that's what healed that woman on the spot. Luke chapter 5. I'm just going to go through a few scriptures pointing out where we see this dunamis happening. Luke 5, 17. One of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power, say power, power. the dunamis, say dunamis, of the Lord was with him to heal. Luke 6, verse 19. And all the crowd sought to touch him for power, say power, power. say dunamis, came out from him and he healed them all say praise God for dunamis power Luke chapter 1 verse 35 
And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power, everyone say power, power. the dunamis, explosive power of God, power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. Explosive power births stuff. Brings life to stuff. It's changing physical reality. When we encounter the dunamis of God. Acts chapter 4, verse 33 and with great power, say power, power. Dunamis. dunamis, with great dunamis power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Who wants a testimony that's full of explosive power? You need it. I need it. Acts chapter 6, verse 8. says, Stephen, full of grace, and everybody say power, power. dunamis. Amen. Stephen, full of grace and dunamis power, was doing great wonders and signs among them. Signs and wonders from dunamis power. See, power changes physical reality. Power is what turns water into wine. Power is what produces miracles. Power is what caused the loaves and the fishes, the little lunch the boy brought, just a couple fish and maybe half a loaf of bread. Power is what turned that into multiplication. Changing physical reality. Power is what opens deaf ears and blind eyes. Someone say amen. amen. Power is what replaces missing body parts. It's creative. It's explosive. And Jesus embodied the power of God. And the Bible says that he gave that power to us as a gift. Amen. Everyone say it's a gift. Amen. Power is a gift. I'm not getting anything from this part of the room. Power is a gift. Come on, Eric. Get up here and help them, man. They need some coaching. They need some leaders leading. Let's do this. Power from Jesus is a gift. He gives it to us. You know, when we read scriptures, we read about power can be demonstrated through the gifts of the Spirit, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7, it says, And now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. Say, gifts of healing. Gifts of healing. 
to another miraculous powers, say miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. Say, it's one Spirit. And He distributes them, each one, as He determines their gifts. He gives the gift to whoever He wants. He doesn't play favorites. He just chooses. Today, here you go. Happy birthday. Merry Christmas to you. They're gifts. Power is a gift. And again, notice that healing and miraculous powers were listed in the gift list. Power is a gift from God. And verse 11, like I just said, it says that the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts, each one as he determines. That means we can't earn this. We can't earn gifts. Salvation was a gift. Did you work for it? No, you may try. I like to try sometimes. I like to help God out. But it's a failure. It's ridiculous. My efforts. Because it's a gift. He just gives it because I believe it. We can't earn those things. Romans 11, verse 29 for the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Again, you didn't earn this. You can't earn the gifts, the power of God. He gives them, and you just decide you got it. Power is a gift from God. You know, Jesus, as he was getting ready to leave the planet, he had some parting words to some of his disciples and now Luke 24, verse 49, he says this. He says, Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. Say, I have a promise. But stay in the city until you are clothed with what? Dunamis. Everyone say dunamis. Say power. I have power. Wonder-working power in the blood and middle of the lake. We'll get Pentecostal up in this place. <laughs> Stay in the city until you get some power. Stay, get some power. It's part of the promise of the Father to you. I promise this to you. Not, well, maybe, if he feels like it. If he has a good hair day, you'll get some of this. This is a promise. Wait and get the power. And then we've got Luke. He's, he he's actually kind of repeats this when he writes the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, he says it this way. He says, while staying with them, Jesus, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise, everyone say the promise. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. 
For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Amen. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. Glory to Jesus. Now, let's skip down to verse 8. As he continues. Acts 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power. Say power. power. Dunamis. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Guess what you need to be a great witness for Jesus? Power. Power. You need dunamis. You need the gift that was promised to every one of us. Jesus did not want the disciples to try to accomplish the mission he had given them until they received the gift of power. Right? Because in you know, Matthew, we've got the Great Commission. Go into all the world. Make disciples of nations. Baptize them. Teach them. Here's your big job description. Then he goes, now don't do nothing. Until you get power. Till the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes and you get dunked and dumped on by glory and power and majesty from heaven. Once that happens, then get busy. Everyone say, I got to get busy. Say, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Say, I receive the gift of power through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on my life. Listen, if you want power activated in your life, you've got to get filled and you have to stay filled. Get filled and stay filled. Acts 6, verse 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and full of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen. Everyone say Stephen. Stephen. He was a man who was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And they got Philip in there, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, and the, he's a proselyte of Antioch. Acts verse, go down to verse 8. Verse 8 says, Stephen, everyone say Stephen, say, full of grace, full of power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. What did he have? And what could he do? Signs and wonders. So here's the key to power. It's being filled with the Holy Spirit. You might want to write that down. The key to great power is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus modeled what life full of the power 
where the Holy Spirit looks like. And we read that people were astonished by it. Again, Luke 4.36 says, And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. Jesus had power, but he also had authority. Say it in a deeper voice, authority. So, in this passage, when we see the word authority, it is the Greek word exousia. If you want to try to write that out, it's E-X-O-U-S-I-A, exousia. Exousia, in the Greek, is the judicial authority to exert rule and dominance. So for those of you writing it down, here it is again. Exousia is the ability. Wait, sorry. <laughs> it is the judicial authority to exert rule and dominance. So. Literally, as we see in the life of Jesus, exousia is the ability to speak a word or a sentence, and it immediately happens. You know, if we look at a few verses even before this passage here in Luke 4, verse 36, we can actually see where Jesus is announcing his exousia, his authority. Let's look in uh, 4.16. Luke 4, 16. And it says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue. Someone of us need to get into the custom coming to the synagogue. <laughs> Jesus did it. As was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to him, them, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Wow. So when Jesus says, he quotes this passage from Isaiah and he talks about bringing liberty to captives and, and liberty to those who are oppressed, what Jesus was saying is he's declaring, I have authority. Yeah. 
You don't open prison doors if you don't have authority. You can't get people out of a jam if you don't have authority. And Jesus was saying, I have exousia, I have authority. Because that is what it takes to set captives free. Let's read some more. Verse 31, Luke 4. Again, we're going to read this passage. And he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching for his word possessed. Everyone say it. Authority. Authority. Exousia. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice. Ha, what do you have to do with us, Jesus? You come to destroy us. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of them, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, what is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. Now we've got Luke 4, verse 16 up here, 21, where he's declaring, I've got this exousia got this authority and then we see this authority working out verses 31 through 36 you see what's going on here he's saying i have power to set captives free and then a few verses later watch me do it watch me set these people free he demonstrates his authority with those unclean spirits and everyone say everyone recognized that he had authority and power. So let's think of it this way. If miracles, signs and wonders are the power side of Jesus, then healing is the authority side of Jesus. Miracles are the power side. Healing is the authority side. And here's, listen, here's why. Because whenever, when, when Jesus removed demons from someone, it, they were told that it was told to us that they were healed. Do you get that? I'm going to read some scripture and show you. That removing demonic darkness in a person's life is the equivalent of healing. They're not a separate. They're, they're, they're the same thing. And Luke tells us about how demon casting out, exorcism, whatever you want to call it, is a part of healing. Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. It says, Soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed. Everyone say healed. Of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and O Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. See, all the women were the wealthy ones supporting the ministry. Mm-hmm. Be thou loosed, woman. 
So again, power is creative. Say power is creative. See, power is what produces miracles. Power puts missing and broken things back into place. But listen, it is authority that is the force that removes stuff. Power puts stuff in, authority takes it out. See, authority removes sickness. It removes afflictions. It removes disease. Authority is what removes darkness and demonic presence. Authority is what makes demons scream. Anyone had any of that happen walking down? Nope, I haven't. Maybe inside. (laughs) Sorry. Authority is what impacts both the visible and the invisible. So, an example of this would be authority... removes the cancer out of the body or the demonic presence that's causing that cancer because sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's not just physical, it is spiritual. So authority removes the cancer or it removes the demonic presence responsible for the cancer. Power is required to produce a new heart, a new liver. A new brain, a new organ, whatever needs to be healed from the devastating effects of the cancer. Are you following me? Authority pulls it out, power puts it in. Now, what I love is that Jesus made a declaration over us, so he declared something. Over me, when it comes to authority. Luke chapter 10, and verse 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I wonder if grease lightning was playing in the background. (laughs) Grease lightning, go, grease lightning, go. There goes Satan falling to the earth. Yeah, why not? It was a party. I'm sure someone was singing. (laughs) Bye-bye, rebellion. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you, say me, me, authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Who did he give it to? Me, Me, you, everyone who said yes to Jesus. You have authority over scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy. Now, this is really important to us. Because 
Jesus is telling us, listen, I watched Satan lose his position in heaven. I watched it happen. He lost his spot. He lost, and here's what he's saying, I watched him lose his authority. See, Satan had this really special place very near to the throne of God. Ezekiel teaches that. Jesus says, I watched him lose it. I watched him fall. I watched him fall from his heavenly position. And he lost his authority. But he didn't lose everything. He still has power. Satan did not lose his power. He lost his authority. Now, here's the good news. Jesus has equipped us. He has given us the ability to overcome the power of the enemy. We're going to read that Luke passage again because I think we, we missed something here. Luke 10, verse 19. Behold, I have given you authority. Say, I have authority. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Say, the power, the dunamis of the enemy. Nothing shall hurt you. So what are we learning here? What's Jesus teaching us? He is teaching us that authority always trumps power. Authority over the power of the enemy. Authority trumps power. That's what we've been given. Jesus gives us his exousia, his authority over the dunamis, the power of the enemy. Let's think about when the archangel Michael was uh, arguing with the dev devil over the body of Moses. And they were fighting over it. Well, that's a picture of power against power. Two powers, two archangels fighting over the body of Moses. Why? I don't know. Sure, there's some deep meaning about that. <laughs> they wanted his corpse. Whatever. That's a power of that's a picture of power and power fighting each other. And Michael knew that if he wanted to win, that he could not bring power against power. He knew he had to invo invoke authority. Jude verse 9 tells us this. It says, when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Everyone say, the Lord, Lord. rebuke you. Listen, so many of us, we've been asking for power, more power. We sing songs about it, more love, more power. I don't think a lot of us are asking for more authority. Authority trumps power. 
See, the enemy is ruling by power. We are supposed to rule through authority. Think about the problems you're facing right now. So a lot of hands this morning when Alger said, if you had a rough week, there's something going on. Think about the problems. Is, this, is, it, is, is your problem right now, does it need the explosive and creative power of God? Or is this problem, does this require you speaking a word with the authority of Christ? I tell you, God is looking for sons and daughters who will walk in power and authority. But when it comes to facing the enemy of our soul, we cannot fight power with power. You have to stand up and take authority. Say, I have to take authority. Listen, some of your kids are going through some stuff that requires you to take a stand and take some authority over the situation. Some of you are going through some stuff with your spouse. It's time to take authority over the situation. Some of you are maybe even going through some stuff at school or work. Demonic forces are trying to take you out. It's time for us to take authority. Some of us facing sickness and disease. I think it's time that we take authority so we can remove the cancer Remove the tumor, remove the disease, whatever it is, in Jesus' name. Authority removes stuff. It takes it out. Power puts new stuff back in. Is anyone listening? Jesus taught us to pray. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So listen, here's what you're saying. When you pray that prayer, when you declare that, you're saying, let your exousia come and then let the aftermath of that exousia be done on the earth. Just like it is in heaven. That's what kingdom means. It means authority. Send us to authority. Let your authority come to this earth and let it have an explosive aftermath. Let it be a nuclear bomb on darkness. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done in the earth like it is in heaven. Advancing the kingdom of God takes both power and it takes authority. And I realize 
in my life and probably yours, sometimes we face an enemy that we just can't seem to overcome. Like I said, I haven't really had any demons crying out when I walk into a room or the grocery store. I imagine most of us aren't having that effect on the enemy. Sometimes we face an enemy and it's a struggle to overcome. In fact, it happened to the disciples. Mark chapter 9. We've got this father who is this poor kid is is possessed by this deaf and um, mute spirit. The guy brings the, his child to the disciples because they're doing some good stuff. Come on, help my son. They couldn't touch it. Finally, he brought it to Jesus, and Jesus did take care of the problem. He's like, I can, I can do this. But disciples couldn't, and they wanted to know why. Why could we not take care of this problem? Well, Jesus told them why. And in two weeks, I'm going to talk about (laughs) how we can get to that place of faith. Amen?